You are listening to Three Kitchens Podcast, a member of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. We release a new episode every Tuesday. Come join us for a new recipe and a good story. Calling all new and emerging content creators in BC and Alberta. In case you haven't heard of StoryHive, they've been supporting storytellers in Western Canada since 2013. This year, they're celebrating their 10th anniversary with their biggest edition yet. The StoryHive Anniversary Documentary Edition is funding 80 short documentaries on any local story you are passionate about. You could get 20000 dollars in production funding, training, and mentorship and distribution on TELUS, Optic TV, and Stream Plus. If you live in BC or Alberta and you have an idea for a short documentary, now is the time to send in your pitch. Send in your application by February 28th at storyhive.com apply. Your story, your narrative. Well, hello and welcome to today's episode of Three Kitchens Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Erin Walker, and I am joined by Heather today, and we are just yapping together. Yay! <laughs> I'm loving having guest hosts and guests and do and interviewing interesting people and all that, but it is also kind of nice when it's just us and we can chat. Yeah, there's a lot yeah. of chatting that goes on. that gets either cut or happens outside of the recording yeah Um, can you imagine (laughs) if you did not do the editing and we hired someone and had to send this out to an editor and they'd be like oh my god these people stop with their random chatting what their kid is forgetting at school (laughs) or whatever we were just talking about i I don't want to know about the holes you're darning in your socks ever darned a hole you probably do darn holes in socks not in regular socks no in the socks that I have spent hours of my life knitting yeah yeah I keep those going and honestly I have no idea what I'm doing (laughs) I just kind of fake it till I make it I think I actually know how to darn I don't know why maybe my mom taught me at some point in my life but I feel like that's a memory I have like I feel like I have that knowledge somehow but I don't have any types of socks that would require (laughs) I don't think there you um, go. And now darning socks has been discussed on Three Kitchens. <laughs> <laughs> so fun. Well, I was going to share with you this uh, website I came across. It's called the, ni- the 1940sexperiment.com. Oh, um, this sounds like a good dive. <laughs> and it is frugal wartime recipes to see you through challenging times. I mean, it's fun for us now. It would not have been fun at the time to have to try to come up with food you actually want to eat with what you've been rationed, right? Yeah. One I came across is called Mock Brains. I mean, listen, if you're missing the taste of brains, if you're missing those brains in your diet and you're like, well, how could I make something that reminds me of my favorite dish? (laughs) Brains. Okay, I have heard people though that like the brain is like the I don't want to say special, but like the most coveted piece. Oh, I've heard people talk about this before, and I don't know why. Really? Well, my dad has often told stories of his mom mm. serving them brains when he was a kid because you use the whole animal, right? Yeah, yeah. So absolutely all of it. They would have 
brains. I and I don't recall him ever telling me like how she prepared them. I think I was like, ew, and then we moved on <laughs> because I was like, ew, please I stop, don't, Dad. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I want to hear about that, but I think I've heard of scrambled brains on toast or something like that. Okay, yeah. I don't actually know. I'd have to do a bit more looking at what that yeah what brains are actually like but this um mock brains look in the picture like little patties like almost like a um like a hamburger patty sort of okay what i thought was interesting was what they made it with so yes to imitate brains you've got a cup of leftover porridge tablespoon of self-rising flour a small onion one egg pinch of thyme and salt and pepper so you're basically making a porridge ah. Oh, cake. Yeah. And that's it. And you just add that together. You roll Ooh. it in the flour. You're not putting flour into it. You're rolling it in flour oh. and then frying it in hot fat. Now, I guess using an animal fat to fry it would at least give it a bit of a savory meat flavor. Yeah. And actually the person who tested this recipe, so on the website, I think they test the recipes, then they tell you about it. And they yeah. don't skip skimp on the fat because that gives it some flavor. Otherwise, it's, I would imagine it's like, oh, like plain fried oat. porridge. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine it doesn't taste like brains. So like, why would you call it mock brains? Because how could that taste like brains? You know what I, I mean? I wonder if the texture, like, I wonder if you would mash or grind the brains to make like a paste almost to cook with. Like a pate? Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I just imagine brains being kind of spongy, but maybe that's just this yeah. weird, this weird I image I have from like movies or books or something. I don't know. Maybe it's because we say we absorb thoughts like a sponge. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Or because you need a skull to keep it. It's, it's definitely it a soft it's organ. Spongy, yeah. Hmm. I think you could put things um, in your porridge though and make like fried porridge cakes yeah put some sugar in there honey yeah, like a sweet porridge yeah. or maybe even like spinach and ham hmm. and make it savory like a savory crepe but with i guess you could i mean maybe not ham i i just realized i went down the wrong path by mentioning ham to you but <laughs> <laughs> i don't love ham i have been known known to eat it now and then but i love it yeah i just thought that there's probably all kinds of interesting recipes um, on this. And I like the concept of the 1940s experiment. Mm. So this also challenges, I think, our brains. Ooh. You recently introduced us to this Instagram page called Chef Words. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which I think we here at Three Kitchens Podcast can admit we need a little bit of help with some of our cooking terms. <laughs> Yes. Yes. We constantly are wondering if we've said something right. <laughs> but it's not just about pronunciation, right? It's like about the method that it, the yes. word refers to, right? Yeah. And it also tells you a whole bunch of interesting things about where it comes from, origination, how to say things, and, you know, just interesting cooking stuff. And it's mm -hmm. really pretty. Oh, it's like, beautiful. Their, their graphics are, are so pretty to look at. Mm -hmm. So it's eye candy and it's also informative. And as I was scrolling through here, uh, I came across something. Uh, it's called an alpha whore. Uh, what? <laughs> uh, what now? <laughs> it is a South American confection, classically featured with dulce de leche sandwiched between two melt-in-your-mouth cookies, 
And then sometimes it's dipped in chocolate, sometimes it's dipped in meringue, or sometimes it's just got a coating of um, coconut around it. Oh my God. That sounds amazing. What did you say it was called? Alpha whore. How are you Alpha spelling this? A L F A J O R. Okay, not Jorge or anything like that. <laughs> if you get more than one, they are called Alpha Hores, but a single one would be just an Alpha Hore. Oh. And we had these when we traveled in Argentina uh, six years ago. Oh, wow. I, I just had to look it up. Okay. I love how they're. The, now their pictures are not real food, they're graphics. Yes. This beautiful art of a cookie, it just looks yes. gorgeous, gorgeous. Uh, you can buy packaged ones at, uh, I've bought them at Unimart before, hmm. um, and they're really sweet and really tasty. They have the ones that are coated in the meringue there. Those are my favorite ones. Oh. But you can get these, There's a, there were a lot of bake shops in Buenos Aires and they had these made fresh for you. And so on an Argentinian website. Is this the one that is not in English? This is the one that is definitely not in English. <laughs> yeah. My my cooking in Spanish is getting pretty good just because oh, good. I've I've spent a lot of time looking at these things and and writing stuff down and I can I can translate most of the recipe with a little bit of help from Google and figure it out. And so uh, these were something that we got while we were there as a special treat for um, for Valentine's Day. So I thought it would be fun to make these again as a special treat for the family. And I thought, why not share this with you guys Yay! too? We are so lucky. Well, I'm the luckiest because I get to actually taste them. <laughs> right? But listener also gets to hear about them. Yeah. And if you want to buy like a package pre-made one, you totally can. I would kind of compare them to a wagon wheel, oh, but okay. sweeter because instead of marshmallow in the middle, they put the dulce de leche in there. Mm -hmm. And you can buy dulce de leche in a jar. It's generally not as thick. And so it can run out when you sandwich it between the cookies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The cookies are made from icing sugar, butter, egg yolks, and eggs, lemon rind, cornstarch, salt and flour and baking powder oh oh and vanilla mm. so it's a very shortbread like cookie because it's got the cornstarch in there with the so it really just like melts away and then you've got mm. that sweet filling and then i'm not sure i i would like to think i would like to try dipping it in the meringue and then then do you bake it so you're really just drying it mm -hmm. maybe not baking it so maybe if i make these i don't know mm. We'll see if I get that that far fun into it. <laughs> I'm thinking dipping them in chocolate would be fairly straightforward. Dipping them in chocolate would you be just want the easier. kind you want to temper it, I would think, so that it's not when you pick them up, it's not goo like sticky gooey. No, you don't want it gooey. Right? You want it thin, and you want it dry to the touch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know if I could do that at home. Honestly, I don't know if my chocolate skills. That's are that tempering there. thing. That's not always easy. You no. definitely need the precise temperature and all that. Yeah. I don't know where I'm going to go with these. <laughs> I could do a number of things, but I think just the basic cookie with the dulce de leche in, in the middle is really good. Mm -hmm. As long as it stays in. Yeah. Like you said, it can be a little bit runny. Maybe that's the reason sometimes they put it in something is to keep it all in there. Mm, I wonder. I, I guess you're going to find I... out. <laughs> 
<laughs> I am going to make these cookies and and share it with everybody mm. for Valentine's. Sounds delicious. Thank you, Chef Words, for mm -hmm. this inspiration. But, and everybody, go check out Chef Words on Instagram. It's really cool. There's yeah. lots of really cool stuff in there. Yeah, I was scanning through things and practicing pronunciations. And then I oh stumbled gosh. across the Alphahores and I was like, I've had these before. They're delicious. They're super sweet and totally indulgent. Uh, I feel mm. like your sweet tooth is going to come oh, yeah. right along with me on this one. Oh, totally. <laughs> you got the right partner for this one. For sure. The Alberta Podcast Network supports Alberta-made podcasts and connects listeners to Alberta-based businesses, organizations, and community partners. First launched in 2017 with 10 podcasts, it has continued to build over the years and now includes close to 40 unique podcasts from Edmonton, Calgary, and Red Deer on topics ranging from local politics to sports to education to entrepreneurship to arts, food, history, movies, and much more. There's truly something for everyone. The Alberta Podcast Network continues building something that helps Alberta podcasters, sponsors, and the wider community. Check out albertapodcastnetwork.com for the complete curated roster of Alberta-made podcasts, powered by sponsors interested in reaching the community. Are you ready to talk about these cookies? I am so excited to talk sure about am. these cookies. And you haven't said anything to me about nope. them yet. So I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> Tell me how you made them. Okay, I'm so excited about these. So I would say it's a pretty typical cookie uh, making recipe. You cream together your butter and your sugar in a bowl using an electric mixer. You add in your eggs one at a time mixing it well between each addition and then you add your lemon zest and your vanilla and you mix it up really well. Uh, in a separate bowl you're going to combine all of your cornstarch, salt, flour and baking powder and sift those things together and then you add them to your wet batter in three additions sort of folding it in using a spatula as gently as you can. You don't want to beat it or press it really hard. You want to keep it light and fluffy. The last addition does not go in with your spatula. You can't really stir it in. You kind of dump everything out on the counter and just kind of gently knead it until it forms a very soft buttery dough. Mm. And so once you've got your dough, you wrap it up, pop it into the fridge for about half an hour just so that it is mm. a little bit easier to work with because it's very soft. And then when you go to roll this dough out and cut it into little pieces, you do that between two pieces of either saran wrap or I used parchment paper because my kitchen has been saran wrap free for like a year now. Mm -hmm. And so you roll it out between the parchment paper. That was kind of hard to do. And then you just cut out little circles. You place them on a parchment lined baking sheet and you bake them. I did eight minutes at 325. And then as soon as they've puffed up and they're not shiny on top anymore, you know that they're done. Once you take them out of the oven, you want to take them out right away and put them onto your cooling rack. You don't want them to sit on that pan for any longer than you have to, or they'll get drier and mm -hmm. harder. And you want them to be soft and dry, kind of like a shortbread cookie, but not, not quite. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing that makes this batter and these cookies so 
soft and creamy and melt in your mouth is instead of using a granulated sugar, you're using an icing sugar or confectioner sugar. Mm -hmm. Now, I just have a quick question. The reason for putting it between the parchment paper when you roll it, is that because it's too sticky and it'll stick to your rolling pin? So it's because you do not want to put any flour or anything down on your counter or your rolling pin while you roll it out, or it will change the texture of your cookies. Mm, so you right. don't want to add any more ingredients. Because if you think about it and you're rolling out your cookies on a floured countertop, you're adding more flour to your cookie dough. Right. This one you don't want to add any more other ingredients to. I think I'm going to go with that's why it that might have been lost in translation. Right. Right. <laughs> I think that's going to be right. my guess. They bake so quick, you must have to watch them real close, especially the first pan. Whenever I do a cookie, I put it on the least amount of time that the recipe tells me, and then I go up minute by minute on that first sheet and then yeah subsequent sheets i'll just be like oh i added two minutes therefore i'll just put it in for two hopefully minutes hopefully your oven temperature is consistent <laughs> for all the things that aren't consistent on my yes. stove my oven is consistent okay well that's good knock on wood <laughs> for right now <laughs> uh, when you talk about like the losing its shine and looking sort of it just I had a flashback to making the macarons and I was like, oh, oh I was no. going to say, I'm sorry. Did What's going to happen with these? Did I induce some <laughs> stress? <laughs> they kind of remind me of a macaron as well because they're a sandwich cookie, essentially, is what mm -hmm. we call them yeah. here in North America, where you've got two cookies and then something in between. Mm -hmm. So once you've got these all baked up and you cool them down on your rack, then you get to have fun filling them. Uh, in the first half of this, I talked about making my own dulce de leche. <laughs> Not doing that. <laughs> I found a dulce de leche that is a product of Argentina. It is called San Ignacio and it's this milk caramel spread. And I found it at nice. my grocery store and I stood there in the grocery aisle with my can tilted or my jar tilted sideways to look and see if it was going to move. Oh. Because you wanted it thick, thick yeah. dulce de leche. And I, I can't rightfully open up the jar in the store and be like, hmm, is this going to stay? <laughs> I don't want to be that jerk. <laughs> so I was standing there watching it and I was like, you know what? This doesn't look like it's moving. I'm going to try it out. And sure enough, it worked fantastically for this. I was really happy. It didn't squish out too much. I could have put more was the comment from my family that I could have put more dulce de leche in between because it cookies are rather dry and this adds that wetness that that makes it you know more chewy and whatnot mm -hmm. but next time next time next time I made three different types of cookies because I know that this is a milk product and it might not sit great in some people's tummies I thought what else could you put in the middle of these and so I was just kind of going through my cupboard and looking and I thought, oh, how about Nutella? So I spread some Nutella. Again, I was told you could put more Nutella in, but those were pretty good. So the first ones I put the dulce de leche in and then I just kind of spread a little bit around the outside of the cookie. And then you just roll that in some shredded Sweden coconut. And um, those are pretty common to find at the little bake shops for your afternoon snack. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and those turned out pretty good. My kids don't like coconut, so they were like, ugh, coconut. And then these ones are my favorite when I've had them before. I didn't know if I could actually do this or not, and I'm so excited that this worked out. The third type that I made were dulce de leche in the middle, and then I made a meringue and coated the cookies 
thin coating of meringue on them and it's this oh my god so good and this worked out and I was so excited about it and so I found a recipe it conveniently took two egg whites which in my recipe I had two egg yolks hmm, so I thought nice. this was meant to be so you take 240 grams of icing sugar and 80 grams of water and you want to in a pot on the stove bubble that and boil it and dissolve it oh. for two to three minutes once you've got that you turn off your stove and set it aside. You've got this sugary syrup now. And then in another bowl, you take your two egg whites, you beat them until soft peaks form, and then you are slowly drizzling in this hot syrup as you beat your egg whites. And it gets really warm. So I think it's cooking your egg whites and you wanna keep beating it until it cools down. So it was like eight or 10 minutes. If I would have realized how long and how tired my arm would be after eight to 10 minutes. You were of, doing that by hand? I wasn't doing it by hand, but I was oh, holding oh. my electric mixer. Oh, oh, I and see, even I that was like, oh my God, it's only been seven yeah. minutes. Yeah. Anyway, so I would do that in a stand mixer where you can just press go and stop. I think this is the Italian meringue method. If I remember correctly, when I was doing the macarons, and I was reading about all the different meringue methods, I believe the syrup. Okay. Pour, and you pour it down the side of the bowl. You don't want to just like pour it directly into the egg whites. You kind of drizzle it down the side okay. of the bowl. Okay. I think it's the Italian method. So it made a really thin meringue. Once you've got your meringue made, you just picked up your sandwich cookies and I had a pastry brush and it's a messy job. My hands were totally coated in meringue by the end. But as long as you've got all your little cookies filled, you just pick them up and you paint this meringue on them and then you just set them down on your cooling rack and they just set. That's it? You don't bake it? You don't bake it. Oh, I totally thought it was baked. Yeah, and that's what I would have thought too. And I was like, how do you bake once you've stuffed your cookie without your dulce de leche? Like running everywhere and changing the texture that no no fuss no muss you paint this on you let it dry it said 12 hours and i was like oh my god that's forever it took maybe like three hours in our climate because it's so damn dry <laughs> where we are <laughs> they had all dried and they weren't tacky anymore and i had meringue wow. coated alpha horrors and everyone in my family was so excited because and I was so excited because they were like, these taste like actual, this is exactly, this is what I remember. And I was just so excited. <laughs> I really, really love these sweet, sweet treats. This satisfies my sweet tooth. <laughs> sugar with sugar and then a filling of sugar. <laughs> All right. I got to know what you think. Oh my God. I love these cookies. They were so good. So good. I also, my favorite was the meringue covered one. I let my husband have one and I <laughs> ate, how many were there? Six. <laughs> I <laughs> ate the rest. I didn't even tell him that there were more that had disappeared earlier. I think it was down to like two. And I'm like, would you like one of my cookies? And he's like, oh, thanks for sharing. I'm like, mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm such a good person. <laughs> okay, nice. Oh my, oh, I love them. They're so good. I agree you could have had more filling. Yeah. Because they are super dry, but but with a cup of coffee or tea, oh, it's like perfect because you've got that going on together. Oh, so good. I'm so shocked that that meringue was not baked because it's quite a hard, I mean, it's thin, but it's like a nice crunchy hard shell. Yeah. 
So amazing how you can do that. I am fascinated that this worked. And I would say that this meringue, like I, because I made different types of cookies, I had leftover meringue, but I would say the amount here would have made the full batch of cookies into meringue cookies, which let's be honest from now on, that's all I'm going to do. I want to dip all the cookies in that now. And I like it too, because it was like, um, like it's such a pretty little, you couldn't even tell that it was a sandwich cookie underneath because of the... Yeah because it's all coated so it was kind of like a surprise inside right right i just i, I don't know oh, i thought I'm it was so, genius i'm so <laughs> glad you liked those i just absolutely love these mm -hmm. cookies that's one thing that i don't think i knew was that argentina everyone talks about their meat and they're mm -hmm. a very big meat barbecue. culture yeah. and barbecue and asado and blah 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 but they're bakeries Oh my God, like you walk into there and they would have, there were some cookies that it was like a single cookie on the bottom. And then they would have this, like, it looked like the top of a DQ cone. Oh yeah. You know like how it's swirl. swirled yeah. up and it was chocolate coated. And we were like, oh, what's oh. that? It was seriously a cookie with a mound of dulce de leche on it oh. covered <laughs> in chocolate. Like, oh, yum. They just have the sweetest sweets in their bake shop. They are so darn good. And what we experienced was that they commonly ate these as their like after school snack. Mm -hmm. So bakeries would not be open after dinner. They would only be open until like five or six at night because everyone would go and buy all their baked treats and goodies and for afternoon snack. Yeah, I'm on board. Yeah, I want a siesta and then an afternoon Alpha right Hori you wake up day. from your nap and you get to have <laughs> yeah. sugary treats and another totally. coffee yes mm. <laughs> oh, yeah so good even if you don't want to go through the effort of making them although you should go out and you can buy a pack in like a latin american market they usually have them just to try them out and experience the pure sugariness of them mm. so this was a special treat for us for valentine's since we were there over February and right. uh, yeah, and this was, oh, this was a good recreation of memories. Mm, I'm glad you made them. I so think worth it. I think mm. I'm going to be making some more sooner than later. <gasps> could you color the meringue at all? Or like, ooh, maybe you could do some kind of like a sprinkle on top when it's wet, put like a, ooh, yeah. not something too big, but like a little tiny little sprinkles. Yeah. Maybe I'll make some more. Something like that. Or like a, oh, I could even picture how beautiful they'd be with that. What's that gold flake that you sometimes see on like macarons and stuff? Ooh, or you yeah. could paint them. Once they're dry, you could do that, you know, that food paint, that oh, yeah. paint that you just brush onto it. Yeah. You could get super fancy. Add it to your restaurant. It's it's now <laughs> on the menu. We haven't mentioned your restaurant <laughs> menu for a while. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh, you know what I was going to say that that meringue mm. also reminds me a little bit of the that kind of coating on a store-bought Pfeffernus. You know, when you buy those ones, that we always get them at Christmas. Yeah. I know you, you've made Pfeffernus for the podcast before, but I usually buy them. And so I had bought a bag for myself, of course, because I'm course. like, I'm here and I'm buying the Pfeffernus. <laughs> and they had this really nice, very thin yeah. outside layer. And that's what these reminded me of a little bit, except better because it's homemade. Next time you make your Pfeffernus, if you ever do again, that would be so good. I think I'm just gonna, like you said, I'm just gonna coat everything in meringue everything. from now on. <laughs> just everything. <laughs> everything totally. should be coated in meringue from now on. Especially if you don't have to bake it or fuss, just let it dry and you're good to go. Yeah. 
You can't afford not to. Exactly. <laughs> Go forth and fill your cookies, dip them in meringue, oh. and uh, thank Argentina. I'm so happy. I never thought I would get the meringue ones again. <laughs> and now for the fine print. Join us over on the socials, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest, and on our website at threekitchenspodcast.com. And remember, when you like, follow, subscribe, and review, it helps more people find us. Thank you so much for listening. Alpha whore. That's, uh, that's quite the name. I'm the alpha. <laughs> Not the whore. <laughs> <laughs>